Yo, C-Fox. Hi, is this Jeremy? Yeah, you're talking to him. Hey, Jeremy, it's Charlotte with Chad from Nickelback. Hello. I'm so sorry about the delay. He's super chatty. No worries. Yeah, I'll put him through, and then I'll let you guys sort of hang out. Cool, thank you. Chad? Hello. Hello, welcome. Jeremy. Hello. Jeremy, how are you? I'm doing really well, man. Thank you uh, for making some time to call into C-Fox. You too. We got Feed the Machine, the song, and then the record comes out in June. You got the tour that's going to be in Vancouver in October. But the previous tour, you guys weren't able to do because you, your throat, you had cysts or something? Yeah, I think, uh, I think we played, we, we got the Vancouver show in. Um, but um, there was the second leg um, of the tour that went into the U.S., we did the first U.S. run. We did uh, Canada. We got Australia and Japan in. And then when we went for the amphitheater run through the U.S., um, I uh, developed a little boo-boo on the, uh, on the vocal cords there and had to get that removed. And uh, then I had to sort of sit around on my hands for a while and not really do anything. Um, so it was months and months and months of, of no screaming. And uh, now we're back in the studio making a record, and, and uh, it's go time. So did, like, people sue the band because you canceled these shows? Uh, that I can't really talk about because there's an ongoing litigation. Like, is still like underway. It's, still, it's still going on. Okay, well, maybe, oh, absolutely. Here's the question then that maybe I have. I don't know if you can answer it or not. But, like, aren't these things insured? That's what the litigations. <laughs> that's oh. who the litigators are. <laughs> They're litigating with us. We're litigating with them. Yeah, okay. um, that's what happens when. Well, you know what happens when you get into a car accident. Yeah, yeah, it's a big. And uh, your car gets wrecked, and you go to your insurance company, and you say, "Hey, remember when I bought insurance?" <laughs> <laughs> and they go, "No, no, 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 no. We don't. We don't remember that. Oh yeah, we don't. We don't cover this. <laughs> we don't. Cover we don't. Uh, no." No, no. Um, who is this? That was a weird part to me. Like the, the, there would be a fight about it. You know what I mean? Like you, you're the singer. Your voice needs. You know, like there's no show if your voice is wrecked. Yeah. Bizarre. Too. Well, insurance insurance companies don't make any money if they pay out every single claim. Yeah. No, I, if they pay out every that, single you know, claim, insurance companies would be broke. The only way they can make any money is if they litigate every single time they can. So crazy. That is a crazy thing to me, but I'm glad that you guys are able to tour. It's not like it stops the tour or stops the band. No, no, not at all. No, we're good. And we've already done a, uh, we did a full, in fact, the largest European tour we've ever done. We did uh, last fall into winter. It was massive. And uh, yeah, monster truck came with you. You betcha. <laughs> Love the monster truck boys. Yeah, you know what? And they only have good things to say about you guys the last time I interviewed Monster Truck, which was awesome. We pay them for that, though. Oh, well, that's very <laughs> sweet of you. <laughs> okay, so the last uh, record is called No Fixed Address, and I don't know if that's because you guys are always touring and stuff, but here's a question I have. Do you have a fixed address? Do you live somewhere? I, I, I live in D.C. <laughs> okay, I wasn't sure if you moved away from Vancouver or not. I did. Uh, yeah, I got married, and I moved out to uh, uh, Ontario, and um, I lived there for three years, and whoever told me that uh, I was going to love it because the winters were mild, I would like to punch right directly in the face, <laughs> because that was a lie. <laughs> so you're back out on the West Coast where you belong. You betcha. Oh, that's awesome. Uh, yeah, my boss was like, ask, ask Chad 
what happens? So you're in between tours and stuff, and you're living in the lower mainland. What do you do on a Nickelback day off? What's a Chad Kroger day like? Well, days off, it depends on how many I've got. <laughs> um, because if I've got an extended uh, number of days off, I usually uh, hang out at the, uh, the house of Cabo and uh, stay out of the rain. Oh, so Summers, a little bit of, yeah, you, you like to, to, to go and, and be in the tropics or be somewhere sunny and... Yeah, me and everyone else. Um, <laughs> summers in Vancouver can be absolutely heavenly. Um, winters in Vancouver <laughs> is more like hide all sharp objects and uh, don't allow sensitive friends near uh, near high ledges. That's when you do because, that southern Spain tour that you've always planned on doing. Yeah. No, I mean, I hang in L.A. a lot, too, and it's just like... Once I find the older I get, the more sensitive I am to the clouds and the rain and stuff. Some uh-huh. people, it doesn't bother at all. But I need to see the happy ball in the sky once in a while. Um, and it just makes me feel fantastic. Um, are you um, still helping other people with the songwriting? Like when you go down to Los Angeles, is that part of that adventure? Sometimes. Yeah, sometimes. Um, I mean, I've... I'm still helping Avril with her new record that she's working on right now. I mean, uh, we uh, we co-write all the time, so it's good. You got divorced, but it's like you still hang out and write music. Best breakup ever. Conscious <laughs> <laughs> and coupling, isn't that the word? Well, it's like, you know, you come to the uh, the realization that, okay, this probably just isn't going to work, um, but I really care about you and I love you. And I will always love you. You know, that's both of us saying it. Um, but, uh, you know, once again, it's just, it's not going to work. But uh, you get, I, we still hang out all the time. I mean, I just went out there and did Christmas um, because her brother um, has two, he's got a two-year-old and a four-year-old now. And I'm Uncle Chad and always will be. And I love them dearly. And her mom's awesome. Her dad's great. Like my in-laws are fantastic. There's just nothing but love there. And they were, they were kind of freaked out and they were upset. Everyone was like, well, okay, we get it. You guys are apart, but is Chad still going to come for Christmas? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you, know, you guys came together feeling. because of the songwriting, didn't you? Originally, like originally, originally. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, that was always there. there. That, I guess, chemistry was always there. Yeah, I mean, that girl sings in a room, and it, like, gives everybody goosebumps. It's just like, oh, my God. She just opens her mouth, and, and it's it's amazing. You know, the sound that comes out of that, that little chassis is just incredible. Um, but, yeah, you know, got together, did some songwriting, started hanging out, and then it was, it was a lot more a lot more social uh, and less professional. You know, it was like a lot of... A lot of just us spending time together, getting to know each other, and, and uh, falling in love. And uh, we just, you know, fell madly in love with each other. And, and the, the, the songwriting and, the, you know, everything that was going on musically was always this common thread, which felt great. Um, I want to talk a little bit about the, uh, the song. Just give me one second. Let's go do something here on the radio real quickly. Uh, Feed the Machine, right? First single off, of, off the new record. And it's a crunchy, heavy song. Crunchy, but, very. Yeah, very crunchy, right? Like a big, big rock riff. But I listen to the lyrics, and I'm like, you know, there's, there seems to be this, you know, I don't know what the right word is I want to use for it. But uh, I want to say, like, it's a, it's a song about 
people and supporting people. Maybe at its fundamental Absolutely. core. I'll take that. Yep. So I, you know, I don't know if I wanted to, I don't know. I don't want to like necessarily say it's a political song, but it sounds like a political song. It definitely does. However, um, I can, I can dispel that by letting you know that that song was in the works long before Trump was ever even in the running. Yeah. So, you know, you know where the line of questioning tends to go with feed the machine. No, actually, it's only happened once. Oh, really? uh, I, I did a uh, I did a syndicated show uh, in New York, and uh, they were asking me about it. And I think that went to somewhere between sixty to seventy five stations or something like that. And then once we kind of answered it, it was like now not even relevant because uh, I mean, if that's what you want to, if that's what you you know as a as a um, you know as a listener, as a fan of the song or whatever it might be, if you want to interpret it that way, that's fine. Um, but it's, it's about, to me, it sounds more like it's like over. beyond Trump is, is the, like, I feel like you probably even wrote it before the whole politics in the States blew up. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's just, it's more about, I mean, this can be taken as, um, political, religious, anytime the wool's being pulled over a large cross section of humanity, you know, and, and, and it's like. That's the best way to describe this. Um, it's about not. It's it's about asking questions. You know, I think that's the, the best way to put it. It's it's more about. Wait a minute. Why why am I just supposed to eat this and not ask if it was genetically modified? Right. Why am I supposed to put this in my car and not ask if it's hurting the environment? Why am I? I mean, this just goes on and on and on and on. It's like what because because some oppressive figure, whatever it might be, government, any sort of organization, just tells you that this is just the way it is, well, that's wrong. You know? and, and that's what that song is about. It's about you know, thinking about all those things that you're just being you know, force-fed, <laughs> figuratively and literally. Yeah. Um, and, 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 and saying to yourself, wait a minute, is this okay? Am I okay with this? Should we be okay with this? Why don't we find out what this is, is really about? Um, you know, remember World War II? <laughs> when everyone started going along with that? Yeah. It's, it's one of those things where you just sit back and look at it and go, how do these things snowball and get away from any type of society where they're like, oh, hold on a second. We now have a dictator. Uh, ruling us um, it, it's, it's scary and not everybody has the option to ask questions to you know fight back but in North America we have every right and ability uh, that anyone can imagine and we I mean how, I, I, would, I wouldn't say half I would say what is it uh, 60 or 75 percent of us don't even vote can't even be bothered to vote <laughs> no, that's, you can't bitch about who's steering the ship <laughs> if you don't cast the person at the wheel. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. I, I mean, it's something we've, we've talked about here with one of the other DJs at Fox is Also, sometimes it's like the rule of unintended consequences. Sometimes someone can do something they think is right, you know, like a leader or the government or whoever. But they don't see two or three moves down the line, you know what I mean? And, like, that's where you can start getting stuff get, starts getting away from you. You know, they can make an environmental law that says, you know, we're, we're not going to build a dam on this river. We'll build it on this river. Well, that's the river that's going to screw things up or whatever, right? Well, sooner or later, there are these really tough questions. 
China doesn't ask anyone because they're a communist nation. They just go in and they say, no, this village, this village, this village, this village, these are all getting relocated because we're going to flood this entire valley and we're going to put in a monster dam because we need the power. Because we have two billion people and we simply just need the power. And they're not going to sit there and go through the, well, there's this one rare mosquito in this one village that is nowhere else. And they're like, yeah, no, the water's going to be there in about 60 days. So yeah, if so you don't move your village, <laughs> like it's, it's just, it's just happening. And there are those things where it's kind of like, honestly, we're trying to do this for the good of, of all, but you, that the, there are, there are things that have to be weighed. I did not think that this conversation was going to go into this depth. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't mean for it either. I actually, I'm going to have to go here in like a minute. I got to do the next thing on the radio, but I just, you know, I, I, I listened to the song feed the machine and it, you know, on the surface, it's just, it can be a fun riff rock Nickelback song. I can imagine sure. it in the arena in October. It'll be fun. But then I dived into the lyrics a little bit and I'm like, well, you know, there's, there's, you're trying to talk about a lot more, I think, in kind of vague terms for the, for the sake of the rock song maybe, but it's like, you're thinking about something when you wrote that song. Well, it wasn't just me that wrote the lyrics. Mm-hmm. Three of us contributed to it, and we, what we didn't want to do was make anything too specific so it couldn't be related to more than one topic. If you're sitting there singing a song about tuberculosis and you don't have it and you don't know anyone who does, yeah, you're yeah. going to have a hard time identifying with the song. You're not going to get it. You're not going to get it. It's like, yeah, I, whatever. I just, it's, it's a song about TV. I don't get it. Now, if you shroud that in a little bit of metaphor and allow it to be a little more general – People start going, hey, I identify with that. That makes me feel something, you know. And as a songwriter, as a storyteller, as a movie maker, as a painter, whatever it might be, that's all you're really trying to do is you're trying to evoke an involuntary emotional response. You know, so that's my job. That's awesome. Chad, thank you so much for taking the time to call C-Fox and uh, to chat about the new song and what's going on. All right, buddy. Well, thank you for taking the time and you have a good one. Yep. Bye.